Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on today, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory, fabulous selection of pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Let's see, Dennis Dodd on the show today. Looking forward to that. Jeff Ehrman on Maryland Basketball on the show today as well. Tomorrow, Holly Rowe on the show, along with the King. How much more can you ask for in a week? It has been a pretty good week. It has, as a matter of fact. We've stayed away from uh, disabling, I mean, emotionally disabling Eagles talk. (laughs) And that's been good. It's and I feel like you've gone home a happier person. This week I have, yes. Because we've stayed away from what really damages you emotionally. <laughs> but fortunately for me, Amazon carries Motrin and I bought a lot for you. So it's it's all good. And that's been a big help. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime. Great article I read today. Uh, about the, uh, you know, how we talked about Bill Nunn yesterday with John Clayton, who did a brilliant job for the Steelers of scouting historically black universities. And Lloyd Wells did the same thing for the Kansas City Chiefs, except earlier. I'm talking in the 60s. I mean, he's the guy that found. Buck Buchanan. He found Curly Culp. He found Emmett Thomas. He found Willie Lanier. Otis Taylor. Part of the foundation of that outstanding Super Bowl four team that beat the Vikings with some ease, as a matter of fact. And it was just a great article, and a lot of it centered back to Lamar Hunt and Bobby Bell, whom we had on this show three years ago. Bobby Bell ended up going to the um, uh, Kansas City Chiefs out of the University of Minnesota. And in doing so, he ended up being one of the great linebackers ever. One of the great linebackers ever, Bobby Bell. He said, Lamar Hunt 
He said, the NFL, he said, the greatest thing that ever happened to the NFL, he says, that Lamar Hunt started the AFL. One of the greatest things that ever happened. He said, Lamar Hunt, his quote was, treated the President of the United States, the Commissioner of the League, the backup quarterback, the assistant coach, the backup middle linebacker, all the same. There was no difference. Tells you everything. Lamar Hunt passed away in 2006. Now Clark Hunt is in charge of the team, and obviously they're back in the Super Bowl again. But it was quite an article. Uh, the National Ever Intent Day and the transfer portal. You have to be in the transfer portal these days. You just have to. You have no choice. You have a choice, but if you don't utilize it, then to be frank with you, you are going to be playing from behind in the recruiting game. But something interesting has come up, and that is everybody getting the free year. Well, they gave everybody the free year, but they didn't increase the scholarship numbers for teams. That left approximately 200 uh, that left about 200 individuals probably without places to go. And about 150 junior college players without, quote, a place to go. Spots that would normally be open because guess what? And I'm just going to use the players as an example because we know for a fact he's a sixth-year player. That's a guy like Antonio Shelton, for example. His clock is up. Except for the free year, and Antonio's going to take his sixth year, but it's going to be at Florida. Hey, that's that's great for him. I'm happy for him. I like him. But it does mean that somebody coming through the ranks in the natural transition not going to happen. Have to wait a year. Have to maybe go to an FCS school. FCS may really benefit from this, to be honest with you. I mean, FCS may benefit from this. Because some of those athletes are sitting there saying, um, uh, all the uh, spots at the inn are filled. Same thing with junior college players. What you know? What are they going to do? There's a bunch of them that have been left out, part of the, quote, unintended consequence. Yeah. Name, image, and likeness, which I'll talk to Dennis Dodd about coming up here in a little bit. Name, image, and likeness will help with some of this. There's no, and I'm fine with name, image, and likeness. You have the opportunity on your own to make some money, money off your name, image, and likeness. Hey, fine, that's great. You know, that's part of the real world. 
But college sports is interesting to me in that there is no question in the promotion of the game. Trevor Lawrence and Clemson against Justin Fields and Ohio State. Now, the college football playoff. Hey, are they using um, them to promote the game as, quote, the stars of the game? Yeah. And for the national media, the focus is always on the stars. And there's no question the stars are used in promotion. There's no no getting around it. The stars are used in promotion. The stars are used to get people excited about going to stadiums. There's, there's no doubt about that. But the vast, vast majority of student-athletes aren't stars. And what they get out of it is, guess what? A college degree. No debt. <laughs> things that look around how many of you have a household where you have a college student and how many of them have debt you telling me that's not a benefit it's a benefit alright so name image and likeness will solve some of that I think there are certain individuals where I think they'll be able to cash in on it. But but I think in college sports, what is often forgotten is the brand name on the front of the jersey is still the most important part to those who follow college sports. Great players come and go. Penn State did not fall apart in the eyes of the fans when John Capaletti was the first round pick of the LA Rams Penn State did not fall apart when Courtney Brown was the first overall pick of the Cleveland Browns didn't fall apart when Kajana Carter was the first overall pick of the Bengals didn't didn't fall into the ocean when when LeVar Arrington was the second overall pick by the Redskins didn't fall into the ocean when Saquon Barkley was the second overall pick by the Giants. Because the name Penn State kept being there, and Penn State kept being successful. Duke did not fall off the map of college basketball when Zion Williamson said, I'm going to the NBA. In fact, I argued to this day that Zion Williamson's marketability, which would have been Decent had he played overseas first, or in the, right, would have been okay. Went off the charts because he played at Duke and was on TV all the time at Duke. Played great. But because he was on TV all the time and he had the Duke name on the front of that jersey, I think it increased his marketability exponentially. Because he came into the league as an established name and came into the league with star potential as opposed to 
and Anthony Edwards at Georgia. Or an even better example, yet, okay, fifth overall pick in the draft a few years ago. What kind of marketability did Dante Exum have playing in Australia? Oh, I don't know. Not much. He had to establish it on his own terms. And that's the difference. That name on the front of the jersey means so much. In college sports, that's the name of the game. It's the name of the game. People keep coming back because of the name on the front of the jersey, enhanced by the name on the back of the jersey. Now, every year it's enhanced. There's no doubt it's enhanced, helped out. Okay, you know, Micah Parsons, hey, all right, great. But, you know, the, but Micah Parsons moves on. Hey, it's Brandon Smith. And that's something that's that's forgotten in all of this sometimes. And I am still one as one that has five children that went through college, and all of which have degrees, I'm proud to say. Thank goodness uh, for their mother. But that's that's the way um that's that's forgotten in all this. The vast majority of student athletes are not people that you heard of. And I'm talking like beyond your own area. The vast majority. But all the it's this argument is always tailored around the stars. I remember the first time I really read about it. What's the value of Johnny Manziel, the Texas A and M? Okay. What's the value of the right guard? Nose tackle. Safety. Even know their names. It's interesting. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Matt just wants... In fact, Matt just... His, his whole thing when it comes to money is like, I, I just want my fair share. Like okay, man. All right. I just I, I, I don't know. You, you worry me sometimes. You all right? I'm good today. What a relief! On News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. We were going to actually have Penn State basketball coach Jim Ferry on the show Monday. Now, here's the reason why we didn't have him on Monday. It's multiple reasons. So Jim's 
Jim gets up, it's time to drive to work. He's going to come in, he's going to do the show with us, okay? All right? They're going to have practice, then they're going to leave. And he's going to do the show with us on Monday. Okay, great. He goes out there, flat tire. All right, flat, like to the ground flat. Okay. Got to change it, changes it. Meanwhile, his mouth is just bothering him. So he says, okay, now the flat tire is taken care of. Ah, uh, I better get this taken care of. We're going on the road. A lot of pain. So he calls one of the local dentists here in State College. Gets him in right away, and she, he, has a, he has a double root canal. <laughs> Ouch. So, so needless to say. No wonder uh, why that hurt. <laughs> like We kind of fell off the radar when it came to <laughs> He was in the dental chair at the time. Then the plane left late on Monday. Now, this has nothing to do with the winning and losing. Zero. And they get there. They play the game. Now it goes time to leave. They can't come back. They didn't get back till 7.30 last night. Remember, they played Tuesday night. They didn't get back till 7.30 last night. <laughs> I'm sure he's glad to be home now. Oh, and the yeah. rest of the, the team. And the game is home tomorrow night, by the way. At 7 on beginning at 6.30 tomorrow night. And unless we have a high school game. Is there some Titanic shikalimi showdown I need to know about? Uh, no, we are on tomorrow night. Oh, great. Okay. Well, we'll try and give you a good show. You know, we'll try to somehow meet the standard of Shikalumi guys. I heard they're good. I know Dave Ritchie's really good. And then the other guy tells me he's really good. That's what I've heard as well. I'm terrific. <laughs> Send Holly Rowe over to Ward 4. Tell her to vote often. <laughs> Holly Rowe, by the way, is on the show tomorrow. So, looking forward to that. Holly Rowe and the King tomorrow on the same show. That is quite an extravaganza, my friend. The King and Queen, so to speak. Well, when it comes to royalty, there really is only one king. Because every king we know across the world occupies the corner office. <laughs> Interesting way to put it. <laughs> All right. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And now we're gone from Walter Cronkite as the most trusted man in America to Matt Catrillo. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Okay, name dropping time. I met Walter Cronkite. How about that? I was in Jacksonville to do the Gator Bowl basketball tournament and flew down commercially. 
And the basketball team, when I got there, was at the banquet already. So I was there with um, my broadcast partner, uh, John Grant, and John didn't go to the banquet. John went and picked me up at the went and got me at the airport. So we get there. He says, hey, let's get a bite to eat. And there's nobody in the dining room. Nobody. And there's this one little old guy sitting at the bar. And the two of us look at each other and say, dude looks like Walter Cronkite. And so we look closer. It is Walter Cronkite. <laughs> so, so we went over a couple of goofballs and introduced ourselves. Now I'm 20, 24 at the time. And what happened was, is Cronkite, who loved to sail, his boat broke down. So he literally got the boat into Jacksonville Harbor and found this place to stay, which is where we were, as a Sheridan at Jacksonville Beach. And he says, so what do you guys do? And John says, well, we're kind of in the, sort of in the same business you're in. I looked over, yeah, I said, sort of the operative part of it. I said, we, I said, we, we broadcast sports. He goes, oh, I love sports. Uh, we told Penn State, talked a little bit about that. But, yeah. How about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, suits sitting there going, who's he? <laughs> oh boy, does he know? Does he know? Does he know Horty? <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, no, but true story. Yeah. Well, we're kind of in the same business you are. Well, sort of. <laughs> we do. We do sports. <laughs> we're not. You know, um, yeah, we're on a network too. It's you know, sixty stations. All right, it's not the Tiffany network. It's it's a network. <laughs> it was actually very nice. So very nice. Then we went off and ate dinner. He finished his dinner and saw him again the next day. But yeah, that's the only reason there is because his uh, his boat broke down. Had to get into uh, Jacksonville Harbor and. There we go. All right. Tomorrow, Penn State plays Maryland. There'll be no conversations at all about Walter Cronkite tomorrow. But we will hope that it's a broadcast that you will be able to trust like you did Walter Cronkite. And Jeff Ehrman joins us from 247 Sports. Hi, Jeff. How you been? Great to have you with us. I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. Uh, Maryland basketball, they've been able to go on the road. The big story is they've been able to go on the road and win three Big Ten road games this season, which is terrific. Ironically, they just won their big ten, their first Big Ten home game <laughs> when, when they beat Purdue the, yeah. the other night. Yep. What has made them a good road team in this conference? Uh, I think that they've gone on the road several times where they've been coming off a couple of losses or a really bad performance, so they've kind of had their backs against the wall and rallied. They've been a really good team when they desperately need a win. So that's been part of it. Obviously, as you know, you know there's no fans at these games, so that makes it uh, quite a bit more doable to pull off these road upsets. Um, but, yeah, it's been a really quirky situation with them to get those three top 25 road wins and take so long to get one at home. And now 
you know, they've got those marquee wins in their back pocket. Now it's a matter of evening out, you know, the overall win-loss to making that look a little bit better. They're a team that uh, that I think has some speed, which I think caused Wisconsin problem, and they can shoot uh, along the way. But they don't play, despite the speed, they don't play with pace. They're only at 67 possessions a game. Yeah. Do you find that funny that the, a team that, that ratchets down the pace but has that kind of speed? No, I really don't, Steve, because that's been uh, just part of Mark Turgeon's DNA since and he's been in Maryland. They were 67 just, possessions a game last year when they had Sticks yeah. and they had Cowan. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they talk about running early in the season in most years, and they do it <laughs> a little bit in the non-conference, and then once the Big Ten starts, the pace slows down. So it's not surprising to me. It's just something, you know, at this point that's kind of built in after 10 years of seeing that that being the, the style of offense. All right, so in this group here, there's there's still the core group. Uh, the core group includes Eric Ayala. Wiggins is a part of that core group along the way. And then, of course, Dante Scott. So what has that core group meant to their success to this point? Well, those guys are pretty much everything for them. They don't have much of a bench at all, so they've had to rely very heavily on those top four scorers of theirs. Dante Scott has taken a huge step up this year. He's been arguably their best season when you look at their best player when you look at the season as a whole. Uh, Aaron Wiggins has been playing a lot better. Morsell, Daryl Morsell is kind of their uh, heart and soul glue guy, best defender kind of guy. So, you know, between those guys, they've done pretty much everything because, like I said, the bench just uh, isn't built to really contribute this year. The irony I said earlier uh, today, I said, well, Galen Smith will be playing his third straight year against Penn State. And they said, well, yeah, they're playing Maryland. I said, you don't get it. He was at Alabama the previous two years. (laughs) I mean, has he helped at all? I mean, I know he's starting, but has he helped? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he has helped. You know, he's he's undersized, especially this year in the Big Ten when you look at all these monsters on every team they play against. He's only 6'8", and not super explosive. So he's scrapping. He's helping. Uh, you know, preferably you would have him as your second center, and a lot of times they've had him on the bench to go small. That's been the thing for the past month or so. Turgeon's favorite a small ball lineup uh, where you have Dante Scott, who's only 6'6", or so, at center. Um, but, but Smith has helped. You know, he's given them a little bit of inside scoring and yeah. a big body, which, you know, without him, they would be just uh, being uh, – it would just get killed by these big men, which they, which they are on some nights. I've always looked at Morsell as being a guy that's really, I think, a really good defender. Uh, yeah. But comes and goes when it comes to his offensive game. In uh, uh, watching some of the video and going through some of the stats, it still seems to me like there's still that, you know, he has those bright light nights and he still has some nights offensively where, okay, thank you, Daryl, for being here. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not really wired to put up a lot of points consistently. There's a stat, I think, something like 17-0 and 0 the last 17 times that he's scored in double figures or something to that effect. Um but yeah, he's not, you know, he's not a great outside shooter. He's more of a opportunist attack when there's a fast break opportunity or put back and and things like that. So, more than anything, you rely on him for just his defense and his energy more so than scoring. But he is capable of putting up, you know, having that 10, 13, 15 point night here and there. It's really an eight-man rotation, right? 
I mean, for this team, I mean, they don't really go beyond. It. I mean, eight, I mean, they'll play like Reese Mona will play a little bit, you know, or somebody yeah. like that. But it's really eight guys, including one I think is a transfer from BC, correct? Yeah, Darius Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, he's a six-eight forward. You know, ideally he would be more of a post player just because of their lack of post players. But he prefers more to play on the perimeter. He's more of a three-point shooter, pretty good passer, not not really a banger. So. You know, he kind of comes and goes depending on when his, whether his three-point shot is falling. If it is, he stays on the court. If not, a lot of times he doesn't. So he's helped them some in terms of depth, uh, but hasn't. You know, has not is not a guy who's addressed the inside issues. Eric Ayala uh, hit the two free throws at the end to beat Purdue the other night with 3.3 seconds to go. Where's he better as a player now, Jeff? Well, he's he's up and down. You know, he can be their best scorer. I think he's still. I haven't looked at the stats in the past few yeah. days. But yeah. I believe he's still their leading scorer. Yeah. Um, but you know, so, so two games before that, he scored 21 points, had a great game, and they beat Minnesota. And then the game after that, he went one of ten, and Mark Turgeon kind of called him out, said we can't have guys having great games and then going one of ten. And then the next game, you could tell with that last rebound and putback that he did not want to be the guy to miss missed the game-winning shots after the game he had before. So he's a solid He's a solid Big Ten point guard. He's not really a traditional setup man. He's second or third on the team in assists. He's more of a scorer. But, you know, they don't really obviously have that Anthony Cowan or Trimble kind of guy they've had yeah. in the past. So, you know, he's played a lot of point guard, obviously. You mentioned earlier uh, about Dante Scott. Uh, he's had to go up against, at times, some of the really – tough big players in this league yeah Galen Smith's there I got it but Scott's had to take yeah. on some of that responsibility along the way yep. what's him what's made him effective in that role because obviously he's gone against the Williams and and and, and other guys yeah. and Coburn and he's he's held his own sometimes he's just tough you know Steve you, you know what the Philly kids tend to <laughs> yeah. play like yeah and he's got that toughness to him you know even when he's giving up four, five, six inches against whoever he's guarding. Uh, he's just a natural kind of that natural kind of warrior guy who goes after every ball right away instinctually, uh, constantly bangs down there. So that's really it. He's just a tough, hard-nosed grinder. Shouldn't be playing center, clearly. He's a three or a four. Right. But, you know, offensively, he's been arguably arguably their best player. And defensively, he's arguably their best center. Wow. And that's amazing to think that as to, as to how they play this this game, that he's able to do that. Uh, you mentioned Wiggins earlier. Wiggins has increased his scoring this year. His, his, his percentage from the field is a little bit higher this year. That doesn't always happen. Usually a lot of, like, I'll give you one, Morsell. Morsell's numbers are the numbers, like every year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not Wiggins. They're a little bit better. Why? He's gifted. He's the most gifted player on the team, yeah. clearly. I mean, when he gets it going, you can see the NBA potential. A year or two ago, he was listed as a potential first-rounder. So you can see that when he gets going. He's six six, really graceful athlete, beautiful stroke. It just doesn't always translate. You know, he hasn't been as um, – as aggressive or confident as you like. The, the confidence and aggressiveness seem to come and go, not only on a game-to-game basis, but inside of individual games. Uh, so, you know, he's a guy who you could, if he comes back next year, and we'll see, you know, he's a little older for his for his year. I think he's 23 now. If he were to come back, right. you could easily see him being a 17-point-per-game kind of scorer because he's got all the tools that you asked for. 
So let's take this in two parts here. Uh, Maryland has now been in the Big Ten for basketball for years. Now, okay, years. So there's at least some it's some establishment to it. How much do the fans there miss the ACC? It's funny you ask. Occasionally, you know, you see that, uh, you know, obviously we do a lot of social media stuff, so you'll see that response like, we should have never left the ACC, and it's like, come on, you know, it's been six years. It's probably time to get over it. Um, you don't hear it come up often anymore, to be honest. I think very few, a lot more of the older fan base, of course, who had more time in the ACC, following the ACC, are a little more begrudging about it, but uh, I think most people are, are used to it. You know, Maryland actually feels like a Big Ten school at this point, the, the catch being that they still don't have that natural rival. That's the one thing obviously missing. But otherwise, I think I think people have gotten used to it. And now let's get to Mark Turgeon. Personal opinion, I think he's done a heck of a job there. In fact, I lauded the uh, what I thought was a great job his first year in because he literally had to lo- had to learn 13 new opponents. Yeah. Not not easy to do when when you yep. know when you're at a program. How do the Maryland fans view their head coach? Uh, it's fractured. You know, there's had a feeling yeah, that might be the word, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's probably putting it diplomatically. Uh you know, he has his supporters, but also there's the people who say, you know, come on, spend ten years, give us something more in the postseason. You know, that's when memories are made obviously in March and you know they've got one sweet 16 during that time but it's hard to knock the individual you know the regular season results they're typically in that top three or four in the Big Ten they make the tournament most years they're ranked a little bit more often than not so you know it's not you can't say he's done a bad job but then I think there are people who are just hungry for uh, larger success so it's really kind of split and the thing that complicates that is that they didn't have the tournament last year you know that would have been a really good with how how good that team was that would have been a really good kind of referendum on what he's capable of doing in the postseason and it never happened so then people are still just kind of you know duking it out over his status what's your view jeff of penn state i mean they've been playing a lot better lately you know obviously they looked like a disaster early on uh i like their guards i think that you know They've played Maryland really tough, obviously. That that one, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers in each of the last, you know, six, seven matchups. It feels like it's been nearly a 50-50 split. Yeah. Uh, they seem to play Maryland tough just about as much as any other team in the conference. So, you know, I feel like the new guys have done a good job down there. Obviously, he needs to get more talent on board, but it's been a close game almost every time those teams have played, and they've got two matchups remaining, and Maryland really needs to win at least when you look at what they have left, they really need to win at least one of those Penn State games to keep their tourney hopes, you know, intact. Jeff, absolute pleasure as always. Always great talking with you. Thanks, Likewise, thanks so much for thank your time. Thank you, Steve. You're bad. Appreciate it. Jeff Irvin, 247 Sports. Back with more in a moment. Next half hour, Dennis Dodd on News Radio 1070 WKOK. That commercial word. You heard him trying to pronounce Zimbabwe. That's how the suit warms up before Shikalemi broadcast. <laughs> Fabulous stuff. That was actually him, you know. I did not know gets, that. No, he gets a residual every time they air it. 
It's fabulous. In fact, I just received a text. Can we air it 18 more times today? Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I think it has something to do with the residual. Uh, but, yeah, that's how he warms up for a broadcast. Zimbabwe. <laughs> Shikolimi. All right. <laughs> Same thing, right? A lot of syllables. It's why he is who he is. He takes the proper warm-up time. You know, Jack, Dick, and I always walk in and start talking. You can tell. <laughs> we just start talking. Okay. Warm up now. I remember years ago, Brian Allen was on the broadcast. This was back in the 90s. And uh, and so Brian always wanted to get hot tea before a broadcast for his throat. So we were staying at Lowe's Ventana Canyon. Now, that's a resort, okay? And went down to get Brian for breakfast. I knocked on the door. And he goes, no, no, no breakfast. He says, I... I just got tea, and it cost. He says, "All I asked for, I brought my own tea bags." I said, "Okay." He says, "I all I asked for was hot water. It was fifteen dollars." <laughs> okay. I said, "I said so. Today's per diem is gone." <laughs> I just want to check and see. Ouch. He says, he looks at me and goes, I can't believe it, $15. I said, Brian, we aren't in State College anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, well. Next half hour, we're going to talk with Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports. There's a big case before the Supreme Court. It's Alston versus the NCAA. We're going to get into that a little bit, a little bit into the college football playoff. Also in the big changes in the Pac-12, because the money disparity between the SEC Big Ten and then the next tier, Big 12 ACC, is great enough to begin with. But the third tier of the Power Five uh, monetarily is the Pac-12. And it's showing competitively. I think... I think Bill Walton is a ride on the broadcast. I do. I enjoy listening to Bill Walton with Dave Pash. But Bill can do the Conference of Champions thing all he wants. No offense, but in the sports where the money is brought in, they have not really been that competitive. We'll talk to Dennis about that. Dennis Dodd, next half hour. Great to have you with us. Holly Rowe on the show tomorrow. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070, WKOK.